Well, today's episode is going to be all about uh, race day strategy. All right. A lot of you guys probably don't know who me and Chili are, especially a lot of you guys watching on YouTube. You you just you you've seen us on YouTube just doing kind of silly, goofy stuff and shooting guns and and all this stuff. But a big part of who me and Chili are uh, is endurance events, endurance athletes. All right. We have both been running ultra marathon distance races for multiple years, and we're actually pretty good at it, all right? So today's episode, we're going to talk through how we are going to approach the race coming up, the treadmill race, this weekend, Saturday, starting at noon. We're going to talk about strategy for that and strategies that have worked or not worked in the past for us on race day, all right? I think another thing that you guys don't realize is that this this race is not just something that we came up with that we dreamed up that we could just go and 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 give it a try all right y'all don't get this man uh we have we have put the work in to do this and do well enough at this to make it something that you should be inspired by and be interested in watching. It's not just two freaking yahoos that decided they wanted to see how far they could run in 24 hours on a treadmill, all right? This is what we do. This is what we freaking do, and that's why we're doing it, all right? Somebody commented the other day on, on the, post, the post that I made about this race, and they said, uh, oh, that's a good idea. I said, "No, you freaking idiot! It's not a. This isn't an idea. This is what I freaking do, man. Oh man, you like can't, shut your mouth. You can't let people bother you, man. And you know when you bring up comments, that's what I'm gonna tell you. I know it bothers you. Well, I'm gonna tell you what else bothers me, uh, and this is be this will be right along the lines of I'm gonna tell you another type of comment that bothers me. Well, all right, I know they bother you. You know what? It's 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 not really it's not really the particular comment." It is the the mindset behind the person that's making the freaking comment, man. That's what it is. Um, so on that on the post I made on Instagram about the upcoming race, uh, I saw some people commenting and tagging other endurance athletes and basically saying, "Oh, hey, you so and so, uh, why why aren't you doing something like this? I haven't seen anything from you. You haven't done anything to inspire us here lately. You know, you need to be you need to be creating stuff and doing hard stuff too, right? And and I'm like, you know what, man? These people, these people on social media think that people like me owe them something. I don't owe you nobody owes you anything. It's not my obligation to do things to inspire you. It's not my obligation to do things that are going to to make you better or motivated or whatever it may be, right? That's not, I'm not obligated to do that. I do that because I freaking care. And anybody on social media that's putting out content my buddy Andy's a great example of this. Andy Frasilla, he's a great example of this. He, anybody that's putting out content 
to help you, whether it's in business or whether it's in fitness or, or, or whether it's in your, your mindset or your whatever, people are putting that content out for free and they're doing it not because they have to do it. They're doing it because they're passionate about it and they actually care. All right. So if you check yourself, man, if you think that anybody is obligated to inspire you, you're dead freaking wrong. That aggravates the crap out of me too, man. You got to quit letting it aggravate you. Well, I could go on and on. I know you could, and I don't know how to help you not let that stuff aggravate you, but you just can't, man. A lot of people are going to comment, if you read them, out of ignorance, and that's okay. We're all ignorant about something. You just can't let it bother you. I don't know how to help you with that, but if I could, I would. You just can't. If you can't, if you if you can't read a comment without it getting to you, you just can't read them. You just got to quit reading them. Yeah. But you should be able to read them and go. I don't give two craps. Well, I'm almost there. What is my um? What, level of adaptability? What is my adaptability score these days? <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'd like to say it was higher than it is. <laughs> you ain't ready for the big time though. You're a lit. You've actually has it went down. You regressed from June. Yeah. <laughs> you went down a couple of notches. You went up maybe one, and then you just stagnated. <laughs> you just. I'm sorry, man. That adaptability level is just not where it needs to be. I'm being honest with you. I mean, I'm evaluating you. You always act like you, you know, you're my, what do you call it? Toodle? Toodler? No, you're my Padawan. Yeah. Well, I'm helping you with the adaptability and you ain't there yet. I don't know how I regressed. I guess I wasn't putting myself in enough uncomfortable situations. No, you just weren't. You You just weren't responding to them very well. Okay. You go you fall back into that same pattern of behavior and you just can't you can't you can't adapt to what's going on around you. I want to talk about something real quick. I want to talk about voting. Okay. All right. I want to talk about this voting issue. Um I had a heated debate with grandmommy over the Thanksgiving dinner back during Thanksgiving about this voting issue. Nobody in this room right here votes. I ain't never voted for nothing. Me neither. And uh, and Grandmommy got really offended by that. St- I don't know if she got offended. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Grandmommy's level of adaptability is. So maybe she didn't get offended, right? But she came back at me. With a heated argument. Well, what was your stance that you shouldn't vote? What was your my no my my stance is simply I don't vote right. and this is why. Okay. Okay. And grandmommy basically I wish I could call grandmommy, but we're using the Bluetooth on this thing right now. I'm gonna have grandmommy on the podcast later on to let her explain her side of the argument. Sure. All right. But her argument was basically, it's your duty to vote. It is you, if, if you don't vote, you, you have no say. You cannot complain. Voting is the only way to create change. Okay? Now, my parents are 
along those same lines. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe the mentality around voting has is changing. But this is why I don't vote. First of all, I truly believe that my vote don't count for jack freaking squat. Like, literally, it doesn't mean anything. Um, and also, I'm sick of the argument that people make about, well, you should vote for the lesser of two evils. Mm. No. No, I, I'm not playing that game. All right? The, the candidates that are, that are propped up by these massive national conventions, you have two, let's say you have two candidates to pick from. They're being propped up by this massive money machine, corrupt, all this corruption. They're corrupt right off the bat. They get groomed. I want you to understand, I have had personal conversations with people running for office, and for them to get in that position, unless they're Donald Trump, who has their own money to fund their own campaign. They are groomed by these conventions, these national conventions, just to get in the spot to where they are running as a candidate. So they're already compromised before you're even voting for them, right? And so you give me two options. Neither one of them are worth a freaking crap but you 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 tell me it's my responsibility to then vote for the lesser of the two evils? No, man. You get if you if I if there was ever somebody that I saw that I thought was actually worth voting for, I might would consider voting, even though I know my vote doesn't count. Why don't you vote? Um, I have never voted for anything in my life. I mean, I haven't either. Like literally anything. Whenever it was a uh, vote for. Something in the school to the I know I don't I don't freaking do it I don't like to participate it's just the way I am uh, why I don't vote for politicians is because I actually consider my perspective I think I do vote because to me I vote for nobody because that's who I want to be in the position oh okay right so. Everyone thinks it's binary. It's like, well, it's either Trump or Biden, you know, this Republican or this Democrat. Well, my position is that I would like for there to be nobody as the president. So I vote for nobody. I don't want there to be uh, this big federal bureaucracy that runs, runs our lives. I don't want there to be a congressman representing my district and a governor. I don't want that. Now, I get you can really dive into the anarchist point of view when you say abolish all government at every level but it's my goal to make it as small as possible right the biggest level of government that you could conceive of is a global government and that's what we're headed towards right i don't want that so if you don't have that the next smallest is just large, huge large nation states you know a contingency of a few Super big federal governments, right? Well, I don't like that either. Go down from that, it'd be smaller nation states or, or just states like the United States if it was divided into just 50 and then, well, that's still too big. Then you just break it down into the local level, still too big. You know, the highest level of government that I like is the family. Yeah. That's about it. 
there's an old quote. I forget who said it, but it's, um, I won't even say it cause I'd butcher it, but basically the family is as far as you'll go with government. And yeah. I pretty much agree. Uh, tech guy, why don't you vote? <laughs> Nobody in this freaking room votes. <laughs> Well, by the way, tech guy, I want my dead. I want a camera dedicated on me. Okay, from now on when we do these. But you go ahead and answer your question now. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I've always just thought that it doesn't really matter, and uh, that yeah, well, even if they, the way that it is even theoretically set up. If you live in a county that you know is going to win, even if you believed in the voting, you know, model process and model, if you live in the county or the state that you know is going to win, I guess if everybody thought like I did, they wouldn't win. But right, I, it would, I would change, just say, right? Yeah, I mean, y your vote—it's not a populist vote. It's it's by the electoral colleges, is what they call it. So, you know, they take the votes from there. So even if the system was right, I still don't think it's it works and then clearly it's cheated and I just don't have time to waste to go stand in the line to do all this stuff that I don't think is actually going to work. Well, that's another thing too, is Chad said as like you, that he doesn't think his vote counts. I mean, ever when I was a child, like couldn't even vote in middle school. And we learned about the processes that go on in elections at every level. I mean, I, I was, I felt like I wasn't completely stupid and I said, well, who says that's all legit? Who counts the votes? What's the processes that makes this accurate? Yeah. And the answers were always, well, uh, there's steps in place. But, I mean, before election fraud got real trendy, I was like, ain't no way you can trust that result. No way. And, and, and there's too many factors at play that 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 influence that and can control that i mean i knew that before i mean but people forget man it's become trendy in since 2016 i mean back in 2000 with bush and gore the whole th i mean election fraud was talked about then it's been a it's been a thing since the beginning of elections and i don't i mean just just having said that there may be an election that was legitimately won but I don't know that. I can't trust that. And just with that being the case, it just it irritates you to to participate in something that you is not even verifiably legit. Now I don't know how to make a system that was, but I would just quit freaking voting. I'd quit running up corrupt politicians that are all paid for by lobbyists. Lobbyists. That was the word I was looking for earlier. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I don't. I'm not interested in that. Like, even if even if the my vote, if I cast a vote for a candidate and they legitimately win, I mean, they really did win the majority of the votes. I don't. I mean, I don't want that guy. Yeah, I, I, you know, and people get so divided, man, because they go, like you said, the lesser of two evils argument, and you know, well, this candidate's doing it right and doing this. What makes you say that? Because you can find where they take their money from. Every one of them. There's not a candidate alive that has funded their entire campaign. 
Donald Trump was a billionaire. He did not. He he took money from people. He absolutely did. People will say no, he didn't. He definitely did. Uh, and and he even if he didn't take money, he took. The RNC controls you without having to have given you money. I mean, they just do. Yeah. Because you they they will make sure you're not the candidate. Yeah. They'll make sure of it if you don't play along. So screw the money. Say he didn't take money. They run you. That's the way it is. And, you know, people think that a lot of politicians are doing it out of a good place in their heart. And I don't know these people personally. I don't, I don't. So how can I say that this guy or this guy is not other than what they show me uh, with their track record? But to me, running for office in my mind, pretty much automatically excludes you as a person that should be in that position. <laughs> I mean, a basic requirement of the of politic, the way, the way this is, representative government, is the number one quality that you would look for is that person not wanting to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Because if not, it's just a power-seeking thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of politicians will make advertisements and commercials playing off of that, saying, I never wanted to be a politician, they love that line because of what I just said. Well, here's the problem with that line. Who held the gun to your head and is making you run? You do want to be a politician. That's why you're running and taking money and, and doing what they tell you and, and, spending all this, and spending all this money to campaign. You definitely want to be a politician. I don't like that. You know, I, I, I don't think there's a way to do it where you elect people who have no desire to be in the office because, like, say... say someone just appointed you in a position, you'd be like, well, I don't want that job. But that would be the type of person that you would want representing you if you had to have someone representing you. And you could get into that argument too of, do we have to have representative government? Do we have to have people in charge? I mean, it would be chaos if you didn't, right? To an extent, it would be chaos. Because of, yeah, but because of the inherent wickedness of the of, human heart. Right. And how that's that, the problem. And how that would play out, I don't know. But you would be freer until someone came along and and enslaved you. Yeah. I mean that 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 you know, you're enslaved by some more powerful person than you in that scenario, or you're enslaved by your government. One of the two. And that well that goes back to the very like the very design the original design or purpose of government period. So what Chile's talking about, could we could we live in a society or a culture where there there is no government? Well, the answer is yes. A a a community of people, okay, when they're small and they have problems that they have to solve concerning their very survival okay guess what they're focused on surviving as a community right well then as they establish uh security they they get comfortable their their cabins are built they've got food stocked away and everything begins to become more comfortable about their existence and the very issue of survival is less and less in the forefront of their mind, right? Then people start to act stupid. 
They start to do stupid stuff. They start to steal from one another and harm one another and all. Look, and so really the more advanced society becomes and the more comfortable people get, the more government is needed. But what government is needed for, the only thing that it's needed for is to protect the individual God-given rights of each member of that community. That's all, that's in my mind, that's all it's for, right? It, it only has to exist because of the inherent wickedness of the human being. Our inherent desire to do bad things to people, treat people wrong, act silly. If we were all perfect human beings and totally cool with minding our own business and not infringing upon the liberties of other people, then no, we wouldn't need government. But that's, government to me is evidence of what the Bible tells us about us, that we are inherently wicked beings. The, the very need for government points that out. But the government obviously has went far beyond the scope of simply being in place to protect the individual liberties of the citizens of the community of the state or of the nation and not allowing one person to infringe upon another person's God-given rights. It's obviously way beyond the scope of that. Yeah, it's reached the point where it infringes on our rights itself as an entity. Yeah. You know, it, like you said, if the original purpose is to protect your natural rights, well, now governments all across the world infringe on their people's natural rights themselves by, by the way protect the natural rights of the weaker humans yeah because guess what i don't need government to protect my individual liberties from other people i can i can guard myself against other people yeah i mean the, the strongest you know it's that's why at the core level uh you know, survival of the fittest is, I mean, that's how things play out in nature. And without uh, a, a, a counter response to the natural wickedness of hu of humanity that says, I'm going to reject that and I'm, I want to love others, protect others, for real, serve others, then, you know, there there's people who, who don't want to infringe on other people's rights. They reject that and but there's people who don't, they, they, they don't care. And I'm one of them. No, I mean, you, you don't, you care about not infringing on. That, oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 And like, so that there's, there's both kinds of people and the people that are strong and don't care about other people will be the only people left. Yeah. Cause they'll, just, I mean, you'll just kill everybody, take what you want. And, and, you know, without somebody protecting the weak, we, we just look like animals you know, we would eventually look that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would just look exactly like animals, <laughs> which, uh, which leads me, you know, you know how the, the, the Bible tells us to live our day to day life. It says you should aspire to live a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands. If we, if we would all, it, it, that would be a perfect culture, right? A perfect society. If you would live a quiet life, mind your own business and work with your hands, uh, to contribute to the community or, you know, the, the group of humans that, that, you know, 
support one another, then that would be the and and guys, I made I made a story post yesterday that went freaking off the hook on Instagram. And I talked about we put so much we put so much of our confidence and our faith in government, in politicians, in wealth in status, in all of these things, thinking that those are the things that stand between us and our freedom, individual liberties, and absolute slavery. And I've boiled it down in my mind. You guys all see the little the thing, the object that's hanging on the wall behind Chile right there. Those objects, it's an AR-15 rifle, those objects are the only thing that really stand between us and our carnal freedom, not our spiritual freedom, but our carnal freedom, what you're able to do from day to day, the fact that we, the citizens of this nation, are armed to the tooth, that is the only thing that stands between us and complete slavery to our government. Now, we're not completely free, but it's the, it's, it's the thing that, those weapon, that rifle right there, those are the only things that really, that's the last remaining thread that we have to cling to between us and absolute slavery. And I'm not a Second Amendment guy. I'm just, I'm just here living in reality, man. And you know what? A lot of people don't like that, man. Because a lot of people think if you're a Christian, you, you a lot of people relate Christianity to being a pacifist. And people call me out all the time, send me messages. Oh, you're telling me that you would send somebody to, to, to hell for eternity by, by uh, killing them with these rifles you're talking about? Well, you, you know, you're focused on the wrong things. Look, man, being a Christian doesn't mean that you have to be a pacifist. Okay, what, do I have an issue with eradicating wicked people from the earth who commit violent crimes against other human beings? I have no issue whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I think I could make a very strong case that that's biblically sound. It's biblically sound for me to be a protector. Love always protects. If you care if you love your fellow man and you see some wicked person doing harm to them, affecting their very existence, if you love them, you're going you're gonna to stand in the breach, man, and you're going to stop that from happening. And you're going to use whatever force is necessary. And let me go ahead and tell you, wickedness does not respond to negotiation. You cannot negotiate with an evil person. You just can't. They have, to be take, they have to be removed from the equation. And it's not on me to say, hey, I'm about to remove you from this equation. Uh, but let me give you some time to, to repent. And if you repent, maybe I'll change my mind. That's not the way it works. Like there's, it's just, I don't know. People don't get it, man. Well, usually, usually people tend to start agreeing with you once 
danger becomes imminent to them. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy to say that when it's not imminent. Yeah. I mean, you can fantasize about how someone is th- attacking you or attacking your family or threatening you, and you and you respond with. Uh, Let's sit down and talk about this. Yeah. Let's th- do you really want to do this? I mean, but once it's imminent, nobody nobody reacts. There. I mean, I guess somebody may react that way, but they usually end up dead. So, yeah, most people don't. Most people have enough enough um, self preservation in them to not to not take that approach. That's just the reality. I mean, it may sound good. It may sound like what you should do is like, well, you try to help, pe- you know, help everybody, help people, but it just it don't play out that way. It, you can't do that. And I've I've considered this a lot, man, because what 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 other Christians will throw at you if if you are someone who has come to the conclusion that I've come to as a Christian, what other Christians will throw at you is, um, well, Jesus didn't fight. No, he came to die. That's why he didn't fight, because he literally came to die. He didn't come to fight. He didn't come to fight. He came to die. And then they'll say, well, Jesus didn't fight. Why are you, why are you talking about defending good against evil? All right? He didn't fight physically, right? Um, if you look all throughout the Bible... If Israel, the nation of Israel, would not have defended themselves against tons of other empires and and nations that wanted to destroy them over the course of human history in the Old Testament, if Israel would not have defended themselves against that evil trying to destroy them, there, there there would have never been a way for Christ to even have been born into the world. Like, they defended themselves for thousands of years viciously, man. There's stories in the Bible of who killed a dude, who killed like a thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey. Samson. Samson killed a bunch of folks with the jawbone of a donkey. You told the story of David the other day, getting up in front of Goliath, slinging a rock, hitting him in the head, running up there, and then cutting his daggone head off, man. We see God's people defending themselves and their right to exist throughout the entire Bible. But you're telling me that I that I should lay down and 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 just try to negotiate with with evil people? That don't work, man. I don't know. I, I I've thought along those lines. Yeah. No, it's hard to think. I mean, it's interesting to think about because you can definitely see the point behind what they're saying of trying to avoid that at all costs. But that's why I thought about it. But I don't. I don't. It just doesn't. I mean, go try to play that out. It yeah. just don't work. What do you think, Blake? You've been over there listening the whole time. Well, I know you got some good wisdom to. I, I'm just in the Bible. I'm thinking that. Most of the time, the people are killing people is when they're attacking a. You know, it's not like an internal. It's not with. It's not Israelites fighting Israelites, and they're all killing each other, and they're not out hunting the people. So, like Goliath stands up and poses a threat to Israel. The Philistines are threatening Israel, 
nobody will do anything about it. So David goes and does something about it. So when the opportunity's there, you see people act, but they're not out. They weren't out hunting down Goliath because they could potentially pose a threat. So, I agree. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think there's anything wrong with stopping somebody in the act that's about to do somebody harm, but. I don't know that you should go hunt them down and kill them because you think they're going to do that, you know? No, no, no. Not not because you think they're going to do that. I mean, capital punishment. punishment pun- after the yeah. crime's been done. Yeah, or or if if they're actively engaged in, tr- in trying to commit whatever it is, right? <laughs> capital punishment is a biblical thing. I mean, what and what is capital punishment other than uh, taking evil out of the equation? It's a biblical concept. Yeah. Well, whose job is it to carry out capital punishment? The government? Uh, well, no. I, <laughs> I mean, you run into issues with that, yeah. like, you know, of who who's going to carry that out. But, yeah, I mean, it, it clearly, I mean, cl- clearly evil has to be eradicated, uh, on a on a fairly significant level or you don't have people anymore you know you don't have anything everything ceases to exist i mean if evil took over which it would it would completely consume all aspects we we would have i mean we would be extinct you know the whole world would be uh gone so 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 you so you christian who who would call me uh, a, a bad person for suggesting that I have the obligation to meet violence with more violence. Give me your alternative, please. Well, yeah, that's that, that's clearly what would need to be offered is the yeah. alternative because I agree that the lines are tough. Like, whose job is it to do it? You know, I, I mean, it's everybody's individual personal job once they are attacked. But just like Blake said, you know, evil that's just out there that potentially poses a threat, whose job is it to to eradicate that beforehand? I mean, it's tough because that's definitely gonna gonna happen, gonna keep happening. So you gotta do something about it, but it's tough. I get the line there, but there's no argument to be made that you should just lay down and die. Yeah. No, I mean in the end, you know, it's I think it's good to maybe talk about and discuss these things, but that potential for that to happen is not imminent. It's not, that. that's not like we're talking, we're not on the cusp of this happening or not happening. So other are, than... Are we not? Uh, no, on I don't. On the cusp of what? Hangings in the gallows of downtown Rome for all the, uh, you know, murderers and rapists. And would there be less, would there be less violent crime <laughs> if we would go ahead and initiate that plan? But how close do you think you are to making that happen? That's what I'm saying. Could just be a day away. All it would take is one good catastrophe. That's that's what I, that's why I bring up the point of I don't want I don't who do, who do I want carrying that out? Yeah. Because how many Warlord. how many people no, are not me? I don't want you carrying that out just on your own whim. How many people are in prison falsely yeah, that, that you know weren't actually? Um, that's what makes it tough. That that were innocent. That are and then you go to talk about killing these people and it, it, the whole. And who decides what you get killed for? Murder and rape. What about you know 
You would have to go back to the Bible. Theft and and see and see what what does the Bible say? What what crimes? What what crimes? Well, the Bible says, you know, you can be stoned for committing adultery. Hey man, <laughs> be a lot less adultery going on. <laughs> there you, would you might be you a lot might, less people. You might think twice, man. <laughs> Be a lot oh, less people in the world. You, you, fifty percent of the population. Chad's going to decrease dead. the population big time. You, you know, well, there are too many people. That's, oh boy, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's going to lead us down a whole other rabbit You've hole. Been to, what was that? What was that place in China uh, where the coronavirus was created? Uh, Wuhan. Yeah, you've been over in Wuhan. <laughs> wait, wait. Dude, have you seen what's going on in China right now? I just see clips on it. it it's. It's I don't know insane, what's real. On, I yeah, mean, you don't know what's real, maybe, what's current. Maybe from another country or from yeah. 2016. I don't freaking know what's coming out of China. You know what? The, I think the ultimate conclusion to all this, thank you for chiming in there, tech guy. Um, well, yeah, what I was getting at before oh, y'all got off that. on another tangent. <laughs> sorry about that. Is I mean, really, what people should get out of this is what uh, posture people should have toward evil. What posture should a Christian had have toward evil? Should they be like oh i'm just gonna lay down and let it happen or should you stand up for it to some degree and considering capital punishment is it's worth talking about but it's more about starting at the beginning and what should a christian's posture toward evil things that happen be and should you lay down and let them happen should you protect yourself you know people talk a lot about uh when peter pulls out his sword and goes to you know he cuts the soldier's ear off and jesus tells him stop and so you know people get these uh, verses out of the Bible that are conflicting and they're taken out of context, so they're confused about what should my posture be toward violence, toward uh, protecting myself, and those kind of things. So I think that should be the heart of what, what people are trying to get, not should we allow capital punishment or not. Yeah. Oh, you, and you think, why, why did Jesus tell Peter to put his sword away? Because Jesus came to die. Yeah. He was basically telling Peter, Peter, you're wasting your time, man. This is what I came here to do, man. You're not going to stop me from going to the cross. All right? So put your dang sword away. Is anybody? Can everybody hear us on here? <laughs> yeah, some people are complaining about the audio, but... A little okay. late to ask for that. I, I, think the, I think the ultimate conclusion, for me personally, as we've talked about all of these issues and all of these matters... Uh, concerning our carnal existence, which, by the way, let me make the statement, don't really make a freaking hill of beans anyways. I'm going to be dead soon. You're going to be dead soon. You're going to be dead soon. I was going to ask you, did we not come here to die also? Yeah, I, I mean, we, we're all going to be dead anyways, but nonetheless, while we're here, we can't just lay down on our daggone backs and let evil take over the entire existence of humanity, all right? Is this is this my, my number one priority? in life is is being prepared to to defend that's not my number one priority my carnal existence and the carnal existence of others no but it is a priority in my life and and it's an obligation i believe to my fellow man and the the conclusion that i've reached is unfortunately we humans are flawed to the point that we can't do anything right we can't do human human beings. Yeah. Seems that way. No matter what we try to do, it will become corrupt. It will be flawed. 
There will be mistakes. The only perfect government that can and will ever exist is the government established by the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. You have to have a perfect king, perfectly righteous, perfect in his judgment, perfect in his discretion, without flaw, in order for things to be perfect forever. Unfortunately, we as humans can't do anything right. So we got to live with it and make the best of it that we can. I want to talk about race day coming up. Hard shift. <laughs> Hangings in the gallows. <laughs> talk about race day. We might get kicked off of YouTube for this podcast. Yeah, it's all right. Um, we hit some buzzwords, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Blake brought up dang Wuhan. Yeah, what the crap, Blake? Um, By the way, Blake, if there's any good questions that come through on here, just shout them out. You guys, if you got questions, type them in there because Chad's going to answer them. If you can hear us, if it's worth answering, yeah. If you if you ask, if you're not a smooth brain and you actually have a legitimate <laughs> question to ask, you can ask it on here, and we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, I want to talk about race day coming up Saturday, December the tenth. Yeah, at noon Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be live streaming this 24 hour treadmill race. I'm really excited about it, man, because I know that this thing is going to get hard at some point. Now, if we uh, if we didn't actually want to beat one another, then we could probably just sandbag it, and it would never get that hard. But I know the fact that we're actually going to try to beat one another because there's a lot on the line here. Uh. It's going to get hard at some point. So I'm really pumped, man. I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to when it gets just freaking nasty. Well, I'm glad. And we get down into the wee hours. and I'm glad you're looking forward to it. Um, so really, I want to talk about a little bit about the strategy that I'm approaching this race with. And then I want to hear what angle you're coming from. So my biggest strength in in life period, really, but especially in ultra running, is simply my staying power. It's just, you can call it grit, you can call it staying power. My biggest strength is just the ability to stay present and to be patient throughout the duration of the event or the challenge and be consistent, right? So really, my main strategy is going to be to stay consistent throughout the duration of this race. Um, that's a That can be a flawed strategy, though, because if that consistent pace that I want to hit, if that's not fast enough, then my strategy don't work, right? Yeah, if it's too fast, you just can't maintain it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know there's a pace that you could run that you can't maintain, so if you go over that line, it can get ugly bad. Oh yeah, you remember that training? <laughs> you remember that training run that we did a couple of months ago? Yeah, when we started. Tell out the about, people what happened on that training run. Well, it is amazing because a marathon is not hard for me and Chad to complete. Neither one of us. 
And if you go out, I got a peak. Keep at, telling the story at ten minute pace, whatever you know, it's there. He goes. It's easy as crap. But if you go out over your threshold, it's amazing how you become reduced to a pile of crap. And Chad thinks he can run with me, so we started a long run. We were planning on going about. You was tuned up too then, wasn't you? No, man. Oh, I'm I've never been tuned up. Okay. I'm not not then, not now. Okay, this ain't 2020. <laughs> I um no, so we're running. We go out seven minute pace, you know, on trails seven thirty, seven seven thirty, whatever, for the first five six miles, and it it wasn't but seven eight miles in. Chad's done. I mean, he's done. Like done, done about having to walk done. <laughs> so we're we're about thirteen miles in, and I'm like, "Good gosh, man, can we not run any faster than this?" And then he starts going, "You're hurting too, man. That's why you're staying with me. You'd run off and leave me." And I said, "No, we said we were going to run together." So I just now we're running ten minute pace or something on trails downhill. Yeah, up and down. <laughs> I was in bad shape. And he's, I mean, he's just crawling. And so finally, I leave him and hit back about seven-minute pace to close it out. And I see him run up the hill to get done. And he is still running. He didn't walk. And, I mean, it's li- it's got to be 14-minute pace. I mean, you could walk faster than he was running. It goes up the hill, just collapses in the den, and just starts writhing in pain on the ground. Just... I don't, what was wrong with you? You, d- you didn't eat okay. or drink enough. I know that. Yeah, but th- so that was a prime example of... Going out too high. Of an example uh, of me trying to do something that doesn't play to my strengths. Well, All right. Well, let me tell you what you're going to do on this treadmill race. You're going to go out too fast. I know you are. No, I just told you what my strategy is. My no. strategy is to not go out too fast. But you, what you think is not too fast is too fast mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm telling you i've done enough of this crap what it, i don't even know what it is that you think you're gonna go out at but whatever it is it's, it's too fast i think this is part of chili's race strategy to try to talk to you this way and get you to slow down no i i know i know what it would only help him to slow down I know what i can come very comfortably and consistently run a hundred miles at you think this is going to take 100 miles? This is a 24-hour race. Yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying I know 100 miles and beyond. All right? I know that pace, all right? So, changes once you get up into the 150s. Here, here's the thing, man. Um, I think we should just keep going after 24. Just run till one of us gets off. Well, I, th- I think they've got an event coming, uh, oh, okay. uh, another event coming up after our things over that evening. Chili cook-off. They got a chili cook-off that evening. On so. Sunday? Yeah. In the X4 room? Yeah, well. No, he just wants to, he just wants to, <laughs> he just, um, he's shown lots of weakness on this already. So, so my strategy <sighs> is to start slow and be consistent. The hard part about my strategy is, is I know that in the beginning, Chili's going to get way out ahead of me. I know he's going to do that. And it's, it's going to be very difficult for me 
to be patient enough to keep running my plan. We had a saying in the SEAL teams, plan your dive, dive your plan. All right. Before we would go out on a, a dive, we would put together a plan of all of our distances, bearings, uh, times, all that, and we would stick to that plan because you get underwater and you start to question yourself. And that's what will happen during this race. We get 12 hours into this race and Chili's 20 miles ahead of me and I'll start to question myself. And I'll want to speed up. That was one of the hardest parts about the Mid-State Mile. When I, when I won it two years ago, was sticking with my plan because I'm finishing last every single loop, man. And every single loop, I've only got a minute or two to spare. But it's worked for me in the past. It's not a perfect system, though, because, again, the main, the main fail point is if that pace that I've set for myself to be consistent at isn't fast enough well, to yeah. catch up. I mean... The, the strategy, uh, the winning strategy for a last man standing race is not a winning strategy for a 24-hour race. Yeah, you're right. You're I right. Mean, I mean, the, the, a last man standing, it's really not even a race. It's, a, it's, it's just a competition. Yeah. I mean, to call it a race, there's no finish line. That's true. I, I don't know how you call something a race that doesn't even have a finish line. It's a, it's a totally new thing. And so the strategy is like, all out of whack, uh, comparing it to the type of racing that we've we've also done. Well, and you're very seasoned at these 24 hour races too, because that's, I mean, the 24 hour, the max distance in 24 hours is something that you're you have in the past been pretty passionate about, right? Uh, well, I wouldn't say I'm very seasoned. I trained a long time for it. I've only done two, and uh, one was, I mean, just screwing around, and then the other one I really went for. But screwed up bad, failed big time. But even just from that, you learn a ton. And, and it's a very unique event. And one thing I can tell you is, I mean, if you've done. I've never done one. I know, I know. But if you've done a 100-mile race, you can, you can conceive about how to do a 24-hour race. If you've done a 24-hour race, you know, a 48-hour race, you could start, you could come up with a good plan. And I mean, all of, it's running long, right? It's not rocket science but there's a lot of specificity to each event like 100 miles just because you could do good at 100 miles don't mean you can do good at 24 i mean that's absolutely true so there's a lot of specificity in it so just doing it having tried it twice even though well one wasn't really a failure i just you know screwed around but then the one was a failure uh i learned a lot from that and i'm not as fit as i was then but that's what everybody keeps asking. You know, I did a couple of days ago, I did a series of stories on there because I, when I made the post, I had the little sticker on there that said, who's going to win this, Chad or Chili? <laughs> and like, you, you got like, like I got like 3,000 votes. You got like 500 votes. Well, yeah. And, but why would people vote for me? Well, that, that's, I, I made these posts like, hey guys. People would vote on your Instagram. People would vote well, for you. Yeah, if you, if it, you said who's going to win a one-on-one -on -one basketball, me or LeBron James, people go, I got Chad. It, it's <laughs> it's going to, I mean, yeah, I know it's going to be skewed because it's my page, but I, I made the statement, like, you guys, all you guys that are going to watch this, uh, you're sev you guys are severely underestimating Chili. 
And now, for, why you say that? For whatever, because and and the on the very next thing, I I posted your your link to uh, your old self. That was just some. I your, wasn't uh, mine. Your 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 link to your results on Ultra Sign Up. You and, I, and I some, said you posted the wrong person. You didn't post to mine. Chili has got a string of wins that don't freaking lie. You can't fake it. I mean, they're recorded. You you can't fake it. All right, and people just automatically. They automatically think that I, well, I guess a lot of people don't even know who you are. I guess that's one thing. Do you know who I am? But, but you guys are severely underestimating Chili's ability. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right off the bat. I disagree with that. So what kind of strategy, I've told my strategy, consistent, patient, just constant forward motion. And I've got to hope that that's fast enough. And in a, in a certain sense, I've got to hope that Chili eventually blows up. And I have seen him blow up before. He's been known to blow up. It's oh, called and, going for it, son. And, and people, that's what I was getting to earlier. People keep asking, oh, well, is Chili tuned up? Well, no, neither one of us are tuned up. Well, neither, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, mean, we're fit. We're where we're we are. We're healthy, but we ain't, we ain't tuned up. I put on 20 pounds in the last two months. All right. Yeah, you're getting normal human size. <laughs> so what's your strategy coming at this, Chili? Well... To play to your your running strengths. Look, man, <clears throat> I've never raced before, you know. I, but but I got lots of experience. Yep. And I'm not going. I mean, you could get very detailed or just surface level, but I'm not. I mean, I, I have no interest in detailing out my strategy. You'll see my strategy on Saturday. Everyone well, will see I, it. Obviously, I didn't go through the details of mine either. Well, like, look, I didn't tell you a pace or, or well, any look, of this stuff. Look, all ultra running comes down to is desire coupled with ability. Okay? It's, you got to have both. If you are the most talented person in the world, but you don't give a freaking crap about some race, you won't do very well. But if you care really hard, oh man, you want it, but you don't put in the work, you'll still suck. Wanting it don't get you a win or whatever. But you can be talented and not care and 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 it not matter either. But I haven't raced in uh like really raced my kind of race in two years. I didn't think you'd raced before. Well, I haven't. Okay. Not on a treadmill. Okay. That's what I keep saying. I've never done a treadmill race. But I've never, I haven't raced in two years, right? So, for a variety of reasons, I, I, I don't want to. But this is different. I don't even view this as a, as a normal race. This is a, this is a competition you know, me and Chad like to do this stuff a lot. So I want to, I kind of just want to, I don't know. Well, for, for me, kind of just want to hurt you. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad. So I do want it. Yeah. And then the other part of ability is, you know, just if you don't have the work put in and, and that, that, that's what I regret about it for myself and for you is we're not, we didn't have like months and months training camp buildup for this, which is the way I've approached every race that I've done in the past. Because I like, if I'm going to race, like a normal race, a normal ultra, my plan is to 
decide what I'm going to do. And from that point on, headed to that date, is do everything I can to get as fast as possible and run that race as fast as possible because I want to win. I've never signed up for a race like that that I prepared for that I didn't intend on winning and breaking the course record. Um, but there is no course record for this. So you want my strategy. There, All I have to do is beat you. That's all I got to do. Yeah. I don't have to run 180 miles in 24 hours. I have to run more than you. Easy yeah. day. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, I think another thing that's really driving me on, on this specific race is um, I, it sounds really corny, but you have, you have to have some sort of why driving you to do whatever it is you're doing. And you won't so, have desire if you yeah, don't. you that's what creates the desire. It's like, what is the why behind why 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 am I willing and 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 why am I even gonna go and suffer for this amount of time? Well, I don't have to do this, man. Um, and I think for me there are two. One is the why is this competition between you and I in the running arena is long overdue. We've been sitting at one and one. Chili beat me at a 100-miler. I beat Chili at a last-man-standing race. We've raced together officially against each other two times. So this is long overdue, and I want to go ahead and, and solidify that I am the stronger athlete. Um, the, but the bigger and overarching why that's driving me for this is, is uh, VIP Neuro yeah. Rehab and David's Clinic. That's the overarching why. The The whole reason that yep. this came about, um, Chili, when this YouTube channel was approaching 100,000, Chili, Chili suggested that we do something cool for you guys uh, for helping the channel get to 100,000. And so that he kind of put that in the back of my mind. But the reason this happened, when it happened, is because David, my good friend from the SEAL teams. If you listen to the podcast, you've heard him. I had him on just a few weeks ago. David called me up, and he runs VIP Neuro Rehab in Southern California. And you, you can go listen to his podcast to hear the whole story of why he runs that clinic and why he's so passionate about that. And he said, man, we've took a really hard hit over the last few years, uh, especially being out in California during the the scamdemic and everything. Um, and he said, is there anything that we could do? Is there anything that I could partner with 307 Project on to uh, to help some people out here at VIP Neuro Rehab and to build up some funds to be able to uh, cover people's treatment? And it took me a week or two, but then I just paired your suggestion for what we could do for the channel with the need that, that VIP Neuro Rehab had and it was like the perfect storm to create a huge why to go and push really hard, put on an awesome show, inspire people, uh, do something difficult, have a good time. It created the perfect storm for me. Yeah, and it's interesting. That's why I've been so excited about it. When it's interesting, too, that we'll be going head-to-head -head with the same why, you know? Yeah. Because that's what made it cool for me, too. 
I mean, <coughs> I think you could lose interest in this if it wasn't for a reason like that. Yeah. I mean, I could, you know. I would be only half as excited about yeah, it. Yeah. So that makes it that makes it really cool. It makes it meaningful. Um and yeah, I think I think it would be I, I think personally, if we don't try to run as far as we both can go at our current level of fitness, uh, we'd be doing we'd be doing them a disservice. So Yeah. You know, that that should be both of our strategies and it is mine to run as far as I can go. So to use everything that I've learned in twenty years of running, uh four or five years of ultra running to all that I've learned as far as nutrition, race day, hydration, pace, everything, uh, to, to run as far as I can. So if we do that, it'll be a successful day. And the last thing I want to hit on this is to layer upon the, uh, the dynamic nature of this event to give back to you guys for supporting 307 Project on YouTube, on the podcast, wherever, wherever, on Patreon, if you come out and train with us. I've reached out to all these companies that we use gear from. A lot of the gear that we're giving away, you've seen featured on the, on the channel. This ain't junk, man. No. This ain't junk. And I've reached out to these companies like Vortex, Shea Butler Knives, uh, Matt Bach, Hoist, uh, and even I'm going to talk about the grand prize here in just a minute. And they've all sent gear out explicitly for the purpose of us to be able to give it away to you guys. All right? So we've got to give away a piece of gear to give away anything from uh, Vortex Viper scopes to red dots um we've got awesome ballistic or this is a bump helmet to mount not your nods and stuff on from uh a team windy helmet from matt bach we've got a gun belt we've got some custom artwork uh we've got all kinds of stuff a custom knife from shea butler like this is good stuff man and we're going to give away something every single hour the donations are going to drive these giveaways, and we're going to square all that away once we're done with this show. But the grand prize, I want to talk about that quilt. Will you hand me that quilt, Blake? My mom... Don't call me, Blake. Sorry about that, tech guy. Uh, my mom actually made this. And um, on the center of this, on the center of this quilt right here, this is handmade. You guys will see... This this cutout, this is a part of a t-shirt right here, all right? That's a cutout of a t-shirt. Now, back in the day, when I was in the Navy, there were still traditions. That's all went away now because it's, everything's gotten too woke, and they've stamped out all of the traditions. The Navy stamped out any any sort of, you know, hazing was a tradition Yeah, as a new guy. You got freaking hazed, man. And and that's the way that's the way it was. Uh brutally hazed. And it made you part of the team. Well, back when there were still traditions, every buds class, we all every buds class had an artist. And we had to actually our artists had to draw 
comics for the instructors every week. So they had to they had to create comics. And if the instructors thought they were funny, uh, they wouldn't punish us. But if the comics sucked and they weren't funny, they would hammer the dog piss out of us. All right, an artist, uh, an artist out of the class. Yeah, out okay. of the class. You had to, you had to say, all right, who's good at drawing? Yeah, you know, a couple guys raised their hand. All right. Well, our class artist after Hell Week, you get your class artist to draw something out, and then it becomes your your image for your buds class. Hell Week graduation. So our class artist drew this out. We took it down to a, a place that used to be open right there on Coronado. I think it was called Bull, Sh- Bull Shirts. And they had on the wall, you could walk in this place, man, and they had every Hell Week shirt design, like back like decades, dude, on the wall. And every one of them was completely unique. Because they were hand-drawn. And in order to purchase a shirt, you could only walk in there and purchase the shirt from your Hell Week, and you had to show your credentials that you graduated with this Bud's class, right? And so this was our Hell Week shirt. There are only three of these. Mom has the other one. There's one on this quilt, and I have one that's about worn out to a frazzle. You can't even really see this image anymore on the back of it. It's been washed so many times. And this is a legit piece of naval special warfare memorabilia in history. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Bud's Class 278. There will never be another one. There will never be a drawing or a Hell Week shirt that looks like this. And I would imagine there's probably less than less than a hundred of these even in existence, period. And so David and I both, David with VIP Neural Rehab, me and David went through Bud's class 278 together, start to finish. We were OGs, man. Start to finish. There wasn't but about 12 of us that actually made it through. And um, me and David are both going to sign this for whoever, whoever gets it. And it's just an awesome piece of art, dude. It's a one of one. Yep. It's one of one. And that's why it's a grand prize. And I think at the end, I want to do an hour. And the highest donation during that hour gets this quilt. Sure. The yeah. highest donator out of that hour. Yeah. Gets it. Because it's one of one, man. You can't even put a you can't even put a price on it. I love things that are one of one. And that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the other part of the shirt's right here. That that would have been on the front chest pocket of the shirt. When my mom showed me this, I was a little bit pissed that she cut the shirt up because I can't get another one. But but then I was like, all right, it's for a good cause. But you have you have one. Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> you can't even tell what's written <laughs> on it anymore. Well. So, anyways, we got a lot of good stuff, man. I'm super pumped about Saturday. Tech guy, you going to have all your stuff squared away? <laughs> He's shaking his head, yes. Yep. I hope it's going to be more squared away. I, I went out. Well, I'll do a mock this time without asking you instead of just jumping into it because you're pissed off about capital punishment. <laughs> do we have, did we have any questions come through? Not really. Uh, one uh, JR asked, how do you donate? Do y'all know yet? 
So I'm going to talk to David about that. More than likely, we'll send you guys over to David's website, and you guys will be able to donate right directly on David's website for or, or VIP Neuro Rehab's website. And then that way, for you guys, it'll be tax deductible. Um, and David, I'm pretty sure, can track that stuff in real time as those donations come through. Yeah, I, I guess there's a, way, there's a way to donate on YouTube, but basically, I think we should probably let everybody know that don't do that if you're trying to give to VIP. You know, just go directly to them. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, and we'll yeah. we'll explain all that on on morning or uh, right before the race starts, and we'll we'll have all that figured out. And there's several people on here that don't know what we're doing, so you want to just how the say crap? what it is that because how? maybe they don't follow us regularly yeah. and they're first people on here. That's how. Well, how so. the crap do y'all not know what we're doing? Do you watch the dang YouTube channel? Do you listen to the podcast? I, I think mean, we got some first time listeners on here. How so did that don't happen? Don't smite them. Come on, man. Freaking skid marks, man. Chili, just tell them. On, I'm tell them off the tell dang them. camera. <laughs> well, to the pisses me off. To the new. To how the, do you not know? And we're the most important people on the planet. Where the crap y'all been, man? Yeah, man. You can't get mad at that. Thank you for watching. That's. Skid marks. If it means anything, Chili and Blake want to thank you for, for watching and taking interest in what we're doing. And I can be long-winded, but let me get right to it. This Saturday, December 10th, starting at noon, me and Chad are going head-to-head in a 24-hour uh, treadmill competition. We're both ultra runners. Well, I'm not, but he, he says we're, we both are. He is. I'm just some guy. And uh, we're giving away lots of stuff for you guys. If you don't know what it is, Come to come and watch it live, and you'll see what it is. Uh, but the main reason is what he was just detailing. It's a it's a fundraising opportunity, if you want to call it that, for David Charbonnet's nonprofit called VIP Neuro Rehab, and that's why we're excited about doing this. Um, that's why we're doing it. December tenth at twelve, right? Yep, December tenth at noon, ending at December eleventh at noon, and um, yeah. I, I did notice somebody wanted to know like how we would determine who won. Max Miles. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not real. I, I, it's whoever accumulates the most miles well, in 24 yeah, hours. I, I was confused by the question. Uh, yeah, it's it's whoever runs the furthest. I don't. I don't know yeah. how, how how you. People been asking how are you going to take a pee. I'm going <laughs> to get off the freaking treadmill and go take a pee. And guess what? I'm not going to be accumulating miles during that time, you know, just like any other daggone race. You know, there there is an. Sometimes I think when people are ignorant of of things like that, it makes us mad because we know all about ultra running. But questions like how are you going to pee? That's not a question that you're ignorant of because you don't know about ultra running. That's just dumb. Yeah. How are you going to pee? You're going to get off the treadmill and piss. I mean, yeah. like. You you have the right to uh, think that think that that's a stupid question because I mean you gonna piss how every other human yeah. pisses, but anyway, that's how we're gonna do it. That's what we're doing. I, I might actually have somebody come down from the hospital and install a catheter. <laughs> Run with a big tube hanging yep. out of you. Well, yep. All right. Have you an IV running too? Yep. So no questions for Chad. No, nobody's really got any questions for you well, guys. Well, what, they just what uh, the heck? They're just chatting amongst themselves. Well, well, let me tell everybody before we sign off of here. Um, if you if you are gonna bet on this, you know, if you're trying to figure out who's gonna win, 
Boy, the smart bet. Put that money on Chad. Yep. You better put it on him. I wouldn't bet on me. I'd bet you'd lose your money. That's all I got to say. I'm just trying to help the people out there. We're not on FanDuel yet, but if we were, I'd put it on Chad. Chad Moneyline. Hey, we got some. You pe- talking about a telegram? <laughs> talking about Chad two seven eight telegram? Holy free crap. gun! Oh yeah. Won. While I got YouTube on here, if anybody ever tries to 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 tell you that you won something off of our YouTube channel, unless you hear it from us live on YouTube, yeah, talking on a video, talking on a freaking video, don't believe it. Okay, that's for for you guys. All right. Um, that's their tip for the day. <laughs> Pro tip. Good gosh, man! I bet we get. Uh, I bet uh, some days we get freaking twenty emails from people saying, "Hey, you said you had something to give me on YouTube." No, you idiot! <laughs> it's the freaking internet. <laughs> Look, man, you need to go home and take a Benadryl or something to get get over that sinus infection you got. Look, man. Anytime that you are doing something in life that has traction, there are going to be the turds of the earth that are going to try to scam you. Chili's actually communicated with these turds. Yeah, I talk to the scammers sometimes. They're just, um, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't personally. It's theft. I don't want, I don't advocate for the scammers, right? I don't, I don't promote that they do it. But if you are the type of person who someone sends you a message via YouTube and their comment name is Chad Wright, exclamation point, heart, smiley face, and then they say, hit me up on Telegram to claim your prize and everything's spelled wrong, and then you start communicating with that person and they tell you that they've got a gun for you, but you've got to send them a free giveaway gun that they'll send you if you send them $200. And you send them $200 to a username that comes out from Washington State, and and the name is... is the beauty in me? Is, yeah, <laughs> is John Sickenheimer Schmidt or whatever, and, and then you go, hey man, just send $150, where's my gun? I don't feel sorry for you. You're an idiot. Tell them about your, your uh, conversation with that scammer. Oh yeah, I mean they they put the they put the numbers in the in the in the comments. It says hit me up for whatever it is four seven nine you know six eight two, and so I I texted it one time and just wanted to see what they did to the people that reach out. Boy, it's real sophisticated. They just go, uh, "Hey, you've won your prize," and then you you just I just said, "Okay, what have I won?" And they said, "Free gun." I said, "Cool. How do I get it?" And they said, "Send me one hundred fifty dollars to this thing." And I said, "I said that's all they're doing to scam people. They just wait. and, and, and people all, send them that money. That's all it yeah. takes. Why are we not scared? I mean, you might as well do it. It's that easy. Anybody who's hurting for some money, just go to YouTube comments. I mean, Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. And we've had people email us and say, <laughs> one guy said, "To be fair, Chad can't spell either." <laughs> Good, screw, good point. screw you guy <laughs> screw you guy that's a good point um, yeah we've had people send us emails talking about i just sent 150 dollars to somebody and, and and i didn't get my stuff 
Well, what the freaking crap are you telling me that for? Like, they think it's you. Like, they think you. Come on, dude. But that, that's you, the reason we don't respond to all these emails and tell people it's a scam. There's so many you can't respond to. Yeah, them. you can't respond to them. But nonetheless, man, like you just, well, you deserve it. Yeah, you're getting a little bit over the top. I can't stand thieves either. I can't no, stand no. thieves no. either, man. No, it ain't cool, but it's just like when you, when you, golly, when you see all that, it ain't a, some highly sophisticated scheme here. Yeah. I mean, golly, it's pretty rudimentary and it's working. So, well, uh, I, you gotta, dang, that was a long show. Oh, by the way, I'll have my tech guy get this audio stuff straight because I, I agree with you guys. It did sound muffled on our first live stream podcast here. So, how do you know? I walked out when I walked outside to pee. I, I pulled it up on my YouTube app, and I could hear the audio. Yeah, so I told you it wasn't going to work good with Bluetooth, and you said, "Oh no, I watched a video on it. It'll work fine." <laughs> so I'll get my dag on tech guy. This audio will be switch the dang camera, Blake. No, good people want to see Chili. No, Do that, your freaking job, man. People want to see Chili. They don't want to see me, man. I'll have my tech guy get this straightened out. You guys will have some good audio coming through loud and clear on uh, on race day Saturday. Well, we love you guys. Enough said.